Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is the Buffy Podcast by a Scooby and a Newbie. Hellmouth. Hellmouth. This is episode 19, I Only Have Eyes for You, original air date April 21st, 1998. Heck yeah, it is. And we are kicking off with the bronze. Back we have not seen bronze. the bronze in so long. I know. I don't even remember the last time we were here. The last time we were truly in the bronze for like bronze hangout time. Man, that must have been so long ago. Because we were here for phases briefly. But yeah, it's been a while. They were having like sort of hangouts in the bronze before the werewolf showed up. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. So I guess that yeah. kind of counts. Mm-hmm. The buffster is kicking it, sad and alone, on the, what is that, a balcony? It is the balcony. She's not that sad, though. She's got gold pants on. How can you be sad with gold pants? How can you be sad with gold pants? Oh. Now, you can't really tell right here, but her tank top is sort of like a black fuzzy material. (laughs) And she's got this really sweet, like, silver and black shiny cross thing happening. Oh, boy. At this point, I wrote in my notes, they cannot top this outfit. Do you happen to know who the band is that's playing? No, they seem like kind of familiar. You used to look that up. I did. But, you know, I just, (laughs) you know... (laughs) Uh, yeah, some guy comes up and hits on Buffy, but she's, like, totally not dating right now or ever again, apparently. Which sounds like the worst way to reject someone that I can really think of. <laughs> yeah, like, they're asking you out and it's made you think, wow, I will never date anyone again after this horrible experience. Or that just sounds so strictly, like, untrue. Like, yeah. oh, it's not you, it's everyone. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I'm not dating anyone. It's, <laughs> it's not just you. Not just you. So this dude does not understand what a Sadie Hawkins dance is. As what? a Canadian, right? I never had, like, a Sadie Hawkins dance. No. But he's asking her if she wants to ask him out to the Sadie Hawkins dance. And you're like, uh... I like your style, I guess, or your gumption at the very least. He does have gumption in spades, but uh, yeah, I don't think that's allowed. No. No. Uh, So Willow is around here, right? She's She's wearing like an insane sweater. There's a rainbow. Sure. Yeah. Rainbow stripey sweater. It's huge. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. But but Michaela. (laughs) It's no gold pants. Well, it doesn't hold a candle to the guy in the band. Did you see the guy in the band with his, like, faux fur shirt on? I mean, they're in a band. They have have an excuse. (laughs) No, there's no excuse for that. How, again, where the fuck do you find this? This is like the Xander couch polo shirt all over again. You stopped at enough thrift stores, Dave. How did he get it? (laughs) He's in a band. Whoever made this. (laughs) Oh, God. Everything was cool at one point. That's the thing you have to remember. Oh, boy. Yeah. She has this conversation with Willow where Willow's kind of like, oh, maybe you should get back into dating. And you're like, no, she shouldn't. (laughs) How long has it been? Right. Blah, blah, blah. Buffy's feeling really bad about the whole angel thing still. Understandably. Yeah. And maybe maybe now is not the time to seize the moment. It is that same kind of conversation again. Like, get back on the horse, take (laughs) chances, make mistakes. No, Willow, we did that. (laughs) 
it didn't work out. Yeah, but if she doesn't date another vampire, maybe it would go a lot better. But then we're just going to have another Owen on our hands. Mm, that's remember true. Owen, I Dave? don't... Barely. <laughs> huh. He's hard to remember. He is uh, very hard to remember. Yeah. Something about a pocket watch and just not liking him. And Emily Dickinson. <laughs> <laughs> he did love that dick. Fucking Owen. Right. Drums uh, at the school. Drums at the school. Man, all these people are having school drama. And you're like, I know that they have the set, but how many extracurriculars go this late into the night? Like, what time is it? It's so late. It's, it's... bronze time, at least. Uh, the guy's got a gun. Girl doesn't like him. Uh, scene, yeah. We see, like, them not getting along very well. And then Buffy shows up somehow went yeah went by the school i guess to talk to giles well she was planning to patrol in this outfit was kind of the plan <laughs> <laughs> oh we do know how good buffy is at stealth gold <gasps> pants she's wearing like chunky heels what is her plan oh, the gold of the pants uh, it's just too much it's yeah so she stops the guy from shooting the girl, like, just before he was about to shoot her. And then the gun goes clattering away and blah, blah, blah. But oh no, Michaela, the couple don't know what they were fighting about. They weren't even fighting before. It's all pretty suspicious, Dave. Yeah. And, yeah, no one can find the gun. We maybe don't know that yet. But it's mm-hmm. it's some weird stuff. Something weird's going down in the Hellmouth. Right. But we get to see Peace Nye again. Holy God, it's been so long. So long since we saw Peace Nye. And this scene doesn't really use him very well. He's singing the exact same tune. Like, the only tune he knows. The, I don't know how this is your fault, but I'm gonna figure it out. Right, yeah, he does not like Buffy. Somehow, the couple getting into a fight and the guy nearly shooting his girlfriend (laughs) is Buffy's fault. He even admits that he doesn't know how it's Buffy's fault, but he's going to put the pieces together and figure out how Buffy is the true culprit. I mean, it just clearly is her fault, right? Yeah. Dave, he's the same height as her. (laughs) They are the same height. He's such a tiny man. He stood right beside her and I was like, oh my God, they're the same. (laughs) It's amazing. Uh, He gets called off to deal with some sort of crap. And then, ooh, spooky times continue to happen in the school because a yearbook from 1955 drops off the shelf. And Buffy's like, oh, that's weird. Better put that back. Right. <laughs> that's... She doesn't take it right now, right? She does right? nothing. Okay. She just puts it back on the shelf like, oh, I'm sure that was irrelevant here in the hell <laughs> wow. mouth. These shelves sure are flimsy. <laughs> no trouble here. <gasps> okay, so Willow is still teaching her computer science class, right? Dave, Dave, Dave. There were no substitute computer teachers. It's the 90s. <laughs> None? It's been like two weeks. At some point, and I, I vividly remember this, we may not have actually seen it happen. I think it's in the episode where Miss Calendar is killed. Like, okay. there's some throwaway line about like, oh, like they said I could keep teaching the class. And it's sort of implied to the end of the semester. Like, No, it did not. She no? said that she could keep teaching the class until they found a replacement. Mm. Well, what they really meant was until the end of the semester. I mean, I guess, yeah, schools, until we find a replacement, is sort of code word for mm, until we think better of it. Uh, Yeah, how do they not have a substitute yet? Oh, man, Willow's tech talk? God, whatever her joke is, 
is so painful. I bet you'll think coding is pretty cool. I mean, if you find two-digit multi-stacked conversions and primary number clusters a big hoot. <laughs> As a person who knows what binary encoding is, wow, who so wrote excited. this crap? excited for you to be so angry. Mm. I'm not even sure I can get properly angry at it. It's, it's just, just like disappointed. Oh, because it's lazy. Because it means it's, it's like meaningless. so lazy. Oh no. Gook. And then it's like, ah ha ha, joke time, right? And the whole class laughs. I'm like, ha ha, fuck you. Anyway. It was at this point in the episode that I was like, man, if this had had a previously on, there would have been that floppy drop in there. Oh, man. <laughs> I bet you yeah. anything. If they're talking about J-Cal, it would have been in there. <laughs> no, so Giles shows up, right? And Willow is starting to get on the techno-pagan train. Mm. <laughs> as much as I love that. She's more on the pagan than the techno, really. She's, look at the magic websites. She's like, oh, this stuff's pretty cool. Right. That's sort of setting it up for the future, too, because she's going to be far more witchy than techno-y in the future, right? Yeah. There's never really going to be the sort of crossover techno-paganism that J.Cal enjoyed. <laughs> Where they had to form, form the circle of Kales inside the computer network. <laughs> Uh, anyway, she's been researching this stuff, and she gives Giles some rose quartz as a healing stone. And Michaela, I know a proper geologist. Uh-huh. I'm aware so I, of that, yeah. <laughs> I asked her whether rose quartz is a healing stone. Right. She said that, yeah, uh, the sodium in the rose quartz really aligns energies promoting healing. The geologist told you this. <laughs> These are her exact words, yes. <laughs> good, good. So good job, show. You really knocked it out of the park. Energy focusing, totally. I get it. No, really, it's aligning energy, not right. focusing. Right, you're right. But it does promote healing. Of course. Of the self. Anyway, Giles is sad about J. Cal. Yeah, he's still kind of in grieving mode. I mean, it hasn't been very long, and yeah, you're just kind of sad for him. Oh, yeah. Poor Giles. Buffy zones out in a uh, class that she's taking, and boom, gets transported back to 1955. So I know that we're not watching Back to the Future, <laughs> but like, uh, why have we picked 1955? If Crispin Glover was in this episode... Lou, give me a milk. Chocolate. <laughs> It'd be a thousand times better. I mean, it's already pretty good. If he were the main guy, what James or whatever his name is... Oh, that would have been amazing. He could have nailed that part, too. Yeah. Even though he's, like... Probably too old for it. At this far point. too old. Yeah. Because he was, I think, in his 30s when Back to the Future was made. Right. So uh, probably he could, not. He can play a convincing teenager as much as any of these other elderly people can. Yo, when that dude came up to her at the bronze and he was like, oh, I'm in your high school class. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Sir, please. Uh, anyway, yeah, some guy in the class in 1955 is, like, in love with the teacher. Hot for teacher. Hot for teacher, and the yeah. teacher's hot for him. So this woman is a predator, okay? Let's not mince what? words about that. Whoa. She's in a position of authority <laughs> over this male student who is a minor. Yeah. And if, if this was backwards, this whole episode would have a very different tone. Wow, that would have so much of a worse tone, yeah. Let's, huh. I'm just saying... 
Feminism goes both ways, Dave. Yeah, no, that's very true. This is not, hmm, that's way more problematic than I want it to be. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not set up as like a good relationship, right? No. I guess it sort of resolves as one. Yeah, that's uh, a problem. Yeah. Weird. Anyway, Buffy snaps back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Yeah. It's Paul Spaghetti. Knees weak, arms spaghetti. There's vomit on his sweater spaghetti. Mom spaghetti. Oh, God, and... I was say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the teacher's uh, in the present time is yeah mildly possessed or something writes don't walk away from me bitch on the whiteboard while he's thinking he's writing something else and it's all spooky ghost times i mean it's hella spooky it's it's spooky pile on top of spooky i mean i was calling this guy beardy pierce brosnan (laughs) which the teacher yeah i did not take a very good look at him but i'll believe you (laughs) I mean, that's who he is to me. Will we ever see him again? I doubt it. I very much doubt it. (laughs) But yeah, like Pierce Brosnan circa World's End, you know, where he's all beardy. I don't really know what you're talking about now, but I'm sure our listeners do. Someone, one person must. (laughs) Write in and tell Michaela if you know what she's talking about. (laughs) Validate me. Uh, Okay, so Buffy explains her sort of worries to Xander, right? Yeah. Who does not believe her Wiggins? Like, where do they live? Okay, and this brings us into our first segment of the evening. (laughs) You better believe it. I believe that the Lord God created the universe. I believe that he sent his only son to die for my sins. And I believe that ancient Jews built boats and sailed to America. times do we have to do this probably uh, nothing buffy he lives on the fucking hellmouth he knows hell it's the hellmouth it's been two years that he's known her and has been like having a behind the scenes view of this <laughs> come on no sander for anyone to ever doubt that what's going on is pretty spooky uh and it's always like a throwaway thing like oh yeah we've considered it don't worry but it's like cordy or willow or xander gets dumped with this stupid line of mm, maybe it's all just normal because last episode with the hospital cordy was like maybe you just want something to be able to hit and you're like no it's the hell mouth <laughs> It's literally always the Hellmouth. It's just more reverse Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And I don't know why. I don't know yeah. why, Dave. Like it, It's mostly for comedic effect here because he's saying that he doesn't believe her. Yeah. He opens his locker and an arm just pops out, starts smacking him around, like banging him against the bank of lockers. So at this point, we don't know who or what this arm could belong to. And at the no. end of the episode, I'm not sure that we have an idea even. No, no, it's sort of left hanging a it's little bit. It's one of the ghosts. Spooky arm? Yeah. It's spooky, all right. They can manifest in different ways, I guess. I don't really know. Nah. <laughs> we go to exposition time in the library, because what the fuck else are we going to do in this library? I mean, Giles is hyped about the ghost. That's... It's a poltergeist. Yeah, he's, he's like, woo, neat. Willow's got an amazing oh snap against Xander. Xander, what happened? Did Cordelia win another round in the broom closet? (laughs) 
Uh, his shirt's all ripped and stuff. <laughs> his face is bloodied. Like. <laughs> Very good. I really like it. But yeah, there's so much exposition. Oh, Holy God. Because <laughs> it basically just boils down to, could it be a ghost? Yeah, it could be a poltergeist. Cool. It's probably that. And like generally the way to get rid of these things is that the ghost got some issues and you need to resolve those issues. Yeah, pretty that's, much. That's that's what it boils down to, but it takes a lot longer than that to get through it, that's for sure. I think they figure out who it might be at this point, and like, oh, it's either the teacher or the student, or maybe both. Who knows? Ooh. They, I don't think they ever actually addressed that it's both, but yeah, it's both. Anyway. Is it? Uh, we can talk about that later, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, Miss Frank is leaving the school late at night. She's a teacher, so she has a reason to be there later. Yeah, like a valid reason. And then this night janitor who was, we, we'd seen him earlier with the other couple. Mm-hmm. These are both yeah, reasonable yeah. people. Now, this woman was very mm-hmm. familiar to me. Oh. And it's not for any super specific reason. I, it turns out I looked her up and she's just kind of like in a lot of stuff. Character actor sort of thing? Kind of thing, yeah. And so, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I'm like, oh, I remember her from that. It's all stuff you're not going to (laughs) know. Yeah, I did not get familiar vibes off of her. Mm. You didn't watch a lot of Desperate Housewives, Dave? No? Not over much, no. It's a satire, Dave. It's great. Anyways. (laughs) I would describe myself as more of an amateur Like you wouldn't go to Mark Cherry's house and... or. Are you going to get this Is he reference? related to Don Cherry? No, no. There's an episode of Arrested Development where Anne goes to Mark Cherry's house oh. to protest. And it's because of Desperate Housewives because he's the creator of Desperate Housewives. So. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> okay. I think, and then yeah. she kisses George Michael. Yeah. yeah. And then it's later. <laughs> because the bastard kiss. saw us. Yeah. It's a satire. Bastard sauce. Yeah. 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 I remember that very well, but then I don't know anything about the show that she was protesting. Right, and then Mark Cherry yells at them, it's a satire anyways. (laughs) That's the real roundabout reference I was making. Cool. Anyway, so Ms. Frank is leaving the school. There's this janitor here, and they start acting out the same scene. You got the gun coming out of nowhere, because the janitor did not have a gun before. Yeah. But he's saying the same things as the guy was saying before. She's saying the same things as the girl. They're running through the same places that the, the guy and the girl were running through. Yeah. And uh, this time, there's no Buffy to save the very unfortunate Miss Frank. Giles is around because, yeah. I mean, he lives at the school. Well, why would he go home? Okay, no. He can't no, go going home. home yeah, going home is this. super bad no, for him right now. He needs to move. It's a terrible place for yeah. him after J. Cal's body was there. Yeah, yeah, it's real bad. That, that's not good times. I understand why he's at the school. But he is not the hero that Buffy is. No. So I have a couple questions. My first mm-hmm. question is, where did a high school student in the 50s get a gun? But as I asked that, I suspect that the answer is like a corner store. So. Yeah, it's America. Yeah, right, 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 right. Okay, I'll take <laughs> that all back. Second question, did you notice how many teacups and pots there are in Giles' office? No. Because it's a lot. Are, are Giles and I kindred spirits, Michaela? Here's, here's a shot of... He's British, Dave. He likes tea. I'm pretty sure that is the message they were sending. I also like tea. Yeah, I know. Hmm, hmm. I mean, Giles can't hold a candle to your fancy team device. <laughs> it's a kettle, Michaela. Is it, Dave? Doesn't it also make the tea? 
It's a fancy kettle. It doesn't steep the leaves. It doesn't pick the leaves from farthest <laughs> India and transport them across the oceans. Anyways, he's really British. Oh. Yeah. Point. So, yeah, he's not the hero that Buffy is. Miss Frank ends up getting shot and tumbles off of the balcony. Yeah, and then Giles sees this, tackles Mr. Janitor, and we see right. the ghost gun dissolve. Ghost <sighs> gun! Ghost gun! Ba-da-ba-bam-ba-dow! Ba-da-ba-bam-ba-dow! Ghost gun! Ghost cops! <laughs> oh, I wish that was a thing. <laughs> I'd watch whatever that was. <laughs> Oh, checking in with the Adams family. They finally moved. They moved because <laughs> Giles burned their house down. Yeah, like they weren't going to move, but then he lit everything on fire and they're like, "Uh, guess we have to get a new house." Right, so Angel's found a garden for them with, like, lots of windows? No, Dave, it's an abandoned mansion, okay? Oh! Like, that's what it is. There, It's very unclear in this in this episode that it's an, <laughs> an abandoned mansion, but that's what it yeah. is. Yeah. So, I realized, like, I don't have a good sense of the vampire space, mostly because it's dark by necessity whenever right. we see it. Always, yeah. So I get like, oh, there's a wall there, but I'm not sure how that wall connects to this other wall because it's all very dimly lit. So not that that's really a problem. Like I see everything I need to. I just don't have a very good sense of space on any of the bad guys stuff. Yeah. All these scenes in this area were pretty unclear. You're kind of like, I don't know what this is or where they are. But yeah, this is a garden with things growing in it. So they probably can't hang out here all the time as... Spike is clearly saying. <laughs> yeah, Spike does not like having Angel around. Angel's still pushing all of Spike's <laughs> buttons, especially the one that is, hey, I could satisfy Drew sexually and you can't. <laughs> oh, God. <gasps> uh, he just, yeah, Angel's never going to get tired of any of this. <laughs> why would he? Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a newbie to your Scooby. Right, sure. But this garden, I think they stay here for a while. And God, this might be a different place entirely. But I think I remember Spike running in <laughs> out of the sunlight and like he's on fire. So he douses himself in the, in the fountain or something, but it's holy water in there. That might be a different place. Nope, it's here. He's actually passed it. out, and then the sun is rising, yes. and his hand lights on fire. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he doses it in holy yeah, water. He sure does. <laughs> oh, I remember that gag. I really liked that gag when I watched this. I have no sense of what season that might be, so I'm looking forward to that. This has to happen eventually, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> they could just stay here for quite a while. Oh, I don't really know. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be good. I think also bad things happen to Angel in like three episodes time around here. I could be wrong on that, though. Well, I mean, we're, we're counting down. There's not yeah. not very many left now, Dave. Three episodes time is, of course, the last episode of this season. Sure for is. For those keeping score at home. Yeah. Uh, so the school's open again the day after another death has happened in it. Okay, this janitor, like... <laughs> What's what's gonna happen to him, Dave? 
Uh, okay, so Giles won't be testifying against him, right? I mean, of all the people who could have seen him, him shoot this woman, Giles is probably his, like, best bet. Yes. Right. There's no gun. Yeah, but, like... And there's nothing else linking him to the crime. But there's still a dead woman, and the police yeah. were involved. Yeah, they would have had to be. So, I mean, there's no gun. This isn't gonna hold up in court. No. But, like, he's not gonna be able to keep this job. No, he's going to be convicted for murder. You know? <laughs> we don't really learn anything. I guess he didn't <laughs> Because die. he's just gone now. So he's got that going for him. Yeah, he, he does better than that teacher did. That's true. Uh, so Giles has this wrong theory that J-Cal is the ghost that's haunting them. Which would make sense because, you know what? She died here recently and yeah. things have only just started happening. And, like, at this point... Before he learns the information that Buffy has, you're like, okay, I can see where he's coming from. Mm -hmm. But then when Buffy's like, oh, but, you know, here's some stuff that I saw in this crazy dream I had. And yeah. there's a gun that's, like, very central to mm -hmm. this thing that's happening. And gun and Giles is just like, oh, the gun is insignificant. You're like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, it, he's though? processing some stuff. He's going through a lot. And he hopes that he can talk to J. Cal in some way. And yeah. you know what? Like, it's not they, gonna work. they get that, and they just kind of, like, leave him alone to do it. I think that's probably their best bet. That is Especially best since bet, yeah. they confronted him about it, and he said, I'm 100% right, and you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they, they tried, and they're just like, yeah, no, he needs to do this, this grieving thing for himself. The Scoobies do manage to figure out the entire plot, though. Yep. They're, they're like, oh. That. It's a ghost. They're reenacting these, this scene that happened on the night of the Sadie Hawkins dance. He shot her. She died. He's got trouble about that. So Willow basically, like, turns on the computer and she's she's found the information that they need. <laughs> it takes literally five seconds. I did not notice that because I was more distracted by Buffy's hair and, and whatever coat? the fuck is happening with it. More her, her hair. Trench coat and her Her red leather trench coat? Brown. Brown, okay. And she has, like, this teeny tiny cross necklace. <laughs> it's so little. No, did you see what was happening with her hair? She looks like the sun with a bunch <laughs> of fucking sun rays sticking out. So this isn't the last we're going to see of this hair, I'm sorry to say, Dave. It looks like a bad attempt at a lion's mane. It's like, a it's radiant hairstyle. I agree. I hate it. And, like, earlier in the episode, she just had, like, a center part. And you're like, why couldn't they have stuck with that? It looks much better on her. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's so bizarre. It's like, because there are different stripes of low light and high light yeah. that are getting revealed by this outward radius <laughs> hairstyle. And you're literally like, why do you look like the sun? Not in a good way. Not in like, oh, you dazzle me with your brilliance. Like a really bad drawing of the sun. I think we should watch out for this hairstyle because I'm pretty convinced we're going to see it again. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> I'm pretty convinced we are. I mean, I literally didn't notice anything else about the scene, so there's a decent chance I'll see it when it comes up next time. Okay, so oh. I guess all my questions about this scene are going to have to be... Uh... They're, they're rhetorical-ish. I yeah. might remember things if you jog my memory. Okay, so mainly the only thing I haven't brought up yet is... And I don't even know if this is this scene or the next scene, but they, they determine for some reason that this is happening now because it happened in 1955. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's very similar to one of my questions. What the fuck? So they're like, why hasn't this happened any other year up to now? And then they're like, oh, well, it happened in 1955. 
That's the that's like that's the total of the explanation that we get. It's so weird. It all fits the gun, the Sadie Hawkins dance, which is tonight. How come we've never heard about this murder suicide thing before? When did it happen? 1955. And you're like, why would when they just said it like 40 years ago? Or I don't know, like right, was, like. Do it ago. some I... number of years ago, or like the Hellmouth is on a cycle of some sort. But no, it's just like, oh, because it happened in 1955, and this year is 1998. It all makes sense. Here right. we go. <laughs> like, so I have a theory as to why it's happening now. Okay. And my theory has to do with how smart I think this ghosty guy is. Oh, yeah. I think he's been waiting for yes. someone to come along who can feasibly take him through what needs to happen in a way that gives him closure. I like that. Somehow he has determined that Buffy is this person. I really like that because it does center around Buffy a lot. And like yeah. things happen around her or around people that are close to her more like than anyone visions. else. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. all happening to her and really not to anyone else, right? Right. Yeah, no, like this. And even when the spooky things are happening, like... For the most part, she tends to be there when they happen, yeah? Yeah, yeah, for the most part. There's the Giles not being able to save Miss Frank. But, like, there's a bit of sort of accuracy issues, I think, where occasionally he just has a misfire because he doesn't have good ghosty control because he's so old. But, yeah, this was my central (laughs) question around the episode. Like, why is it happening now? Oh, because it happened in 1955. (laughs) Duh. Fuck. Yeah. When they, I just, I just doing all this math and I couldn't, I no. couldn't. <laughs> but they say it so convincingly, like, listen to the tone, not the words. Listen to the tone and not the words. It happened in 1955. That's why it's happening again now. Well, because at the beginning of the episode, it, it was like 1955. And then I'm like, oh, well, that doesn't, there's no like anniversary. So this must be happening every year. Why has no one noticed this before <laughs> now? And then, no, that hasn't been happening every year. It's no. only happening now because of question mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So next scene, Cordelia is wearing red. And we should all appreciate that. It's not her best red, but it's a very yeah, good red. It's a very good red. Okay, wait. Mm-hmm. In the scene before this... Xander makes a joke about, like, knowing the full body love of a woman. <laughs> right, yes. And, like, not, like, I'm not making judgments about Cordelia, anything like that. But, like, it just seems odd to me that all they do is make out in closets, <laughs> you know? Like, I think that's pretty normal for, like, a 17-year-old relationship. I just feel like the the way that they've spoken about Cordelia and her dating in the past... <laughs> Always led me to believe that, you know, she's a modern woman. She can do whatever, Dave. It's all cool. I'm fine with it. But I just, I don't know. I'd like nothing more than to let you feel me up like you were my dentist. But I care too much about our future together. Back up. What dentist? It was a strange line for Xander to have because he's like, oh, Buffy, you can see the future. Can you see your way to me getting money or having lots of sex? And you're just like, you have... A girlfriend who looks really great in red. (laughs) And (laughs) I just don't understand. Really great in red. Holy God. And I think, like, part of my inability to suspend my disbelief is the fact that Cordelia looks 27. 
Yeah. So then when I see these two 27-year-old people in a relationship, <laughs> I'm just like, what? Right, <laughs> All they're yeah. doing is making out in closets? That doesn't really check out for me, but yeah. If they both looked 17, I'm sure it would be like, <laughs> it would, yeah, uh, it would of course they're. It would be a lot they're... easier to take, yeah, no. Okay, so this scene, Cordelia's wearing red, they're in the cafeteria, and bam, suddenly all of your food is snakes. <laughs> I mean, I think the spaghetti is mainly snakes. <laughs> If it's I was all of turn, the food. Turn something into snakes. I would pick spaghetti. Yeah, I'm but saying. like all of the food ends up as snakes. Listen, it's a lot of snakes. It's so many snakes. Peace Nye does not approve of this many snakes. No, like everyone's pretty pissed about the snakes. There's a lot of <laughs> rattling going on, so I think there's some pretty spooky snakes. Cordy gets bit on the face by a snake. Face snake. And it was at this point that I just thought to myself, what are the rules of this haunting? Right? Why are the snakes not gone? Yeah, the, snake, <laughs> the snakes are sticking around. Yeah. You cut to like an outdoor shot and there are just animal control people trying to collect all the snakes. Yeah. Like hundreds or thousands of snakes. And there's bedlam outside the school. People are running to and fro. <laughs> yeah. People are running into the school. People are running out of the school. It doesn't make any sense. There's like a bunch of emergency vehicles and just a bunch of regular vehicles all around. It is pandemonium. <gasps> snake pandemonium. So yeah, what are the rules for this? Because the snakes just stay around until the end of the episode. Yeah, they're still there. The snakes do not leave. Oh. Okay, so Peace Nye is talking to some guy, some like city official, right? Yeah, he's maybe like a police detective or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And they're, they're talking about like, oh, we both know this is the hellmouth. What are we going to tell people? The mayor gets brought up. <laughs> this is the first time I think we've heard of the Sunnydale mayor. Yeah. Like, even in passing. Yep, for sure. And it brings us into our second segment, Foreshadow Corner. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? <laughs> the shadow knows. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Good. So in this episode, I mean, we know what foreshadow corner is. Yeah. We like just talking about what's going to be foreshadowed. This episode actually does a lot of it because it drops the mayor's name for the, or just the fact that there is a mayor for the first time. Well, the fact that there's a mayor and that Peace, Peace and I is very clearly like afraid of the mayor, like truly right. afraid. And very subordinate of, yeah. Yeah. So we've got the mayor who is like this big guy and he knows that it's Hellmouth time and this thing goes all the way to the top in Sunnydale. We've got Willow starting to do magic stuff. I, this is really the first time where she starts to do that in a serious way, I think. And partially her starting to do magic stuff right now is going to be necessary for the end of this season. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so who knows if they ever really intended it to go as far as it does. I don't know. I think it helps to have more super people on the team, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can only have so many Zeppos. <laughs> are you are you referencing the episode of Buffy called the Zeppo? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. And Otherwise, that'd be insane. I don't really know anything about the Marx Brothers. <laughs> I don't know if it was, like, as far-reaching of a choice as it will prove to be, but I think for sure they're like... Thinking, probably thinking to themselves, okay, every situation we get in, it's just like Buffy has to save the day and her friends kind of like flounce around trying to do stuff. Right. And so having a second person who can contribute more than a regular person can is pretty helpful for sure. Very much. There's only three episodes left in the season after this one too, which means like they've got to start setting up for the finale. 
In small ways, but in ways. Especially given how useless the next episode is, Dave. Oh, God, no. Oh, we're only halfway through this and you're dropping me, dropping that on me? Oh. But yeah, later on, Spike's going to be doing his own bit of foreshadowing and like mm-hmm. really just setting things up for the finale of the season and then for seasons beyond, too. To me, this episode should have just been episode 20. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense as episode 20. I mm-hmm. don't know why it's episode 19. That Yeah, that's fair. I don't know if maybe having like two Monsters of the Week back to back was... <laughs> but this is a little Monster of the Week This is well. Monster of the Week. Like this is Monster of the Week done right, which yeah. we will get to more later. Okay, yeah. But it is still Monster of the Week. It just does all of the like smaller things right. Where it still is contributing to mm-hmm. the season in a very positive yeah. way, yeah. And it sort of has to be there, or it's doing things that should be there. Right, yeah. Yeah. We don't have Giles to help fight, so we need replacement Giles, a.k.a. Willow. And they're going to do one of them their exorcisms. One of them their magics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's going to be a banishment triangle. Sure, they're, they're literally going to just do the exorcism thing. Yep, Scooby's go into the school at night, all the doors are open, and you're like, why are the doors all open? Uh, well, Michaela, <laughs> it's so that they can all slam shut dramatically. Oh, man. <laughs> trapping the Scoobies in. <gasps> oh. Yeah, and you're kind of like, uh, they should have expected this, but... Right, come on, I mean, guys. <laughs> they knew that what they were doing was probably going to be pretty dangerous. Buffy's making a lot of uh, a lot of comments about like wanting to fight the ghost or like wanting to to have like a shot at him, and you're like, what are you gonna do, Buffy? He's a ghost. He is a you ghost. Can't punch yes. Him. I like that. It's a supernatural thing that Buffy can't punch. And and it is great, but her reaction is still, I'm gonna try to punch this thing. That is her only method that's, of solving problems. Yeah, that's how she solves problems. Uh, quick checking back with the Adams family we see more Spike just being fucking abused by Angel uh, pushing them buttons as Yuge and listeners if you want to tell me how to spell Yuge I'd really appreciate it (laughs) I think this was settled on an episode of Dear Hank and John before but I really forget I've got U-Z-H-J but I think that's wrong in some way that's disgusting Anyway, Drew's got a vision of a black gate opening for the Slayer. It's that sweet, sweet psychic vampire. Hell yeah. She's never wrong, and so Angel's like, ooh, maybe I'll go kill Buffy for once and for all. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, wow, he's he's getting more serious about this now. Right? You only had to kill one person, and I I don't know. It didn't really seem to have the effect that you wanted. He's just abandoned his plan completely. Like, how easy would it be for him? I guess... (laughs) I guess they did uninvite him from all of their houses, so that makes mm-hmm. his life a little harder. But they spend so much time outside at night. Like, right. how hard is it to snatch Willow away, you know? Uh, That's terrible. G-Man's still in the school because, of mm, course, yeah. he has, again, he has no reason to go home. Uh, but it's a bad place to be. It's, yeah. And he's like, oh, Willow, what are you doing here? You should leave. I'm going to contact Jenny. And you're like, oh. No, Yeah, he's still got that idea. It's not going to go super well. So this is around the time when Buffy starts to rethink her negative view of the predatory romance that we're (laughs) supposed to be on board for in this episode. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. 
because she has a vision of the teacher and student dancing together in the music room. And yep. you can see her kind of being like, oh, that is kind of nice. No, it's not. But <laughs> she thinks it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm pretty opposed to this. I don't know if you know this. I, yeah, I got that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the Scoobies are fanning out around the school. We've got Buffy finding the ghost couple dancing in the music room. Cordy's checking the snake bite in the mirror of the bathroom. Xander's wandering <laughs> through a bunch of fucking snakes that have just been left in the cafeteria. Like, what are these animal okay. control people doing? I understand that there were a lot of snakes. But those yellow dudes were rushing around like their pants are on fire and they can't get all the snakes. Right? At least get the snakes that make like a rattle sound. You can find those ones pretty easily. How do you just leave them for the night with all the doors open? Yeah, just like, oh, we'll get them tomorrow when they've dispersed more. <laughs> I don't want to fight the clump of snakes. Oh, and Willow's on some stairs. Yeah. Boom, we get some ghost power stuff. Cordy's face goes all weird and like burned or decayed. Willow starts getting sucked into the floor and Giles has to save her. And Buffy's getting mad visions. Yeah. Is this when there's that insane frame rate drop? Uh, maybe. Like there's, it's like a, a panning shot like of Buffy standing mm -hmm. near the stairs and it it just looks crazy. Like I thought something was wrong with my TV. If we can just interject some cinematography weirdness here. Yeah. Very early in the episode, the first scene, we see Buffy and Willow talking, and it's just doing like a shot reverse shot of both of them. But for both of them, for some reason, each time it cuts to them, it starts zooming in slowly on their face. <laughs> and then it cuts to the other one, and it's closer than it was when it left the other one, and it still just keeps zooming in. And I was like, what the fuck? Because it's very subtle. Like... You can barely notice it unless you're watching for their face just growing in frame. <laughs> and suddenly it starts from like a, a chest up and then it's just the face by the end of the scene Jeez. that is completely free of drama. <laughs> I don't know anything about cinematography and I think we've been very clear about that. Yeah. So maybe that there is a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, think so. I didn't notice that, so... It's real subtle, but yeah. because the scene is long enough, they managed to get pretty close on these people. <laughs> <laughs> That's... That's weird. Yeah. <gasps> oh, okay, back to the episode. All of the people are doing the chant of banishment, the exorcism spell, and then whew, all the candles go out. And there's a spooky swarm of what I thought were locusts, but turn out to be wasps. Turned out to be wasps. <laughs> Who knew? Definitely not any of the people just watching. Didn't they seem like they were probably locusts? Locusts was my first guess. They yeah. sounded more like some sort of fly, but like, sure. Not wasps. That's Apparently they're weird. wasps. Somewhere throughout all this, Giles had the sad moment where he had to be like, you know what, it's probably not Jenny. <laughs> right. Yeah. All of the evidence that's mounted up. Yeah. He, maybe it's yeah. not Jenny. Which is unfortunate for him, but then at least he doesn't have to go around thinking that her spirit is somehow trapped. Right. Because that's a, that's a sad thought. So yeah, Buffy kicks the door open on one of the school doors and they all escape. But there are bugs everywhere up in the school. Apparently wasps. Like how often do they have to replace these doors? <laughs> how much money does this school spend on doors? Can you imagine being peace nigh and like the school administrator? You've had a woman die. You're like, that's fine. We're keeping the school open tomorrow. The next day... 
fucking all of the food in the cafeteria turns into snakes. And you're like, it's fine. We're keeping the school open tomorrow. <laughs> then it's just all wasps. And are you like, I guess maybe we have to close the school? They don't end up needing to, but yeah. oh man. <laughs> I guess a broken door is the least of his problems. That's a good point, Dave. Uh, and so they run away because they can't deal with the wasps. I don't blame them. They right. go to Buffy's house to have their little powwow. Oh, I thought this was Giles' place. No, that's Buffy's house. Oh. Where the fuck is Joyce? <laughs> like, when, when Giles is having a tea party? Because like, Giles is serving tea, and that's why I thought they... Buffy's couch in her living room? Because you can see the staircase leading up to the, her second floor, like, through... Like, basically her foyer is right there. Maybe. It makes so much more sense for it to be Giles' place. Because right. his first home has been destroyed, and he can't go back there, so he's got his backup home. I didn't even consider that it might be his house, though. Like, it. Hmm. it's insane that it's Buffy's house, but that's what it looked like to me. Well, she's away in L.A. buying more right. art then, that's because that's something sure. that happens frequently. Yeah. Missing the tea party with the library in. Yeah. So Buffy hears this ghostly, I need you, and leaves what I thought was the G station, but <laughs> is apparently not. The B station? That's much worse. Mm. Yeah, anyway, to so go back to the school. Buffy's clearly, she's talking about how... Things that happen in a moment of passion then have horrible consequences aren't like shouldn't be forgiven just for the sake of forgiveness. And you're like, yeah, Buffy, you're definitely talking about this ghost guy, <laughs> which Cordelia basically says because that's yeah. that's what Cordelia's around for, right? Oh, vampires are the worst. Coming in and kissing your mom. Yeah, it's one of those things again. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> And so she goes out toward the school and so, okay, they're all concerned for her because they're like, Buffy's going to get shot. But like, <laughs> how, in what universe is she somehow relating to Miss Newman in this scenario? They don't know that it's like a relating thing necessarily. And they're just like, Buffy is a girl and the girl gets shot. So yeah, I guess for that's me, more yeah. what they're thinking. So she's in the school. Uh, Angel shows up. Because apparently oh. wasps don't have a taste for him. Why is it wasps? I, I don't, I Dude, don't know. Dude, is that how wasps work? <laughs> like, do wasps sting you? Because they're like, mmm, a tasty human. If enough <laughs> of us sting this person, then we can eat them. Like, what does this taste have to do with anything? <gasps> we'll make them into wasp honey. <laughs> Yeah. See, when I before I knew there was wasps, I had that the bugs didn't bug Buffy. And I thought that was fun. But then apparently it's fucking wasps and you're like, what? Man. Yeah, I got nothing for wasps. It is weird that they left the school, had this like scene of them looking at the school and being like, well, fuck that. Went to either Buffy's place or Giles' place <laughs> and then basically just show right back up at the school. Yeah, <laughs> it, that in-between scene... I don't really know what the point of it is, other than it allows Buffy to come back alone and enter the school alone. Right. It felt a lot like a group of D&D &D players who are like, where do we go now? I don't know. Let's go here. Cool. We're here. Where do we go now? Back to that other place. Cool. Let's go back to that other place. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a situation I've been in more than once. So I guess I can relate. I just don't think it's really good writing. It, it was jarring, for sure, where you're like, oh, she's going back and it's been, like, one scene since she was here. That's weird. And then all of the Scoobies are there looking at the uh, yeah, school again. Yeah, they're back, too. 
Yeah. Yeah. But, anyway. Dave, I think that we can really ignore all of this because... Oh, I forgive all of it. What we should be focused on is why Angel's lips are so pale. Uh, d- 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 he's dead. <laughs> Dave, they're he's so dead. Weird. He's wearing, like, skin-colored lipstick. There's no other explanation. <laughs> they're so pale. It's absurd. Yeah, because he's a dead person. <gasps> oh. Oh. So, we have good things happening here. Because yeah. Angel's in here, and he's clearly going to help out, help act this, like, ghost thing out, right? Right. Because there are always two people involved. Turns out Buffy's acting the boy part out, and then we start cutting back and forth between present day and past times, mm-hmm. and you see all the nice parallels between this, like, not even very similar story, but similar feelings running through it. And there are just parallels. It's not the same thing. It's not like, oh, look at these two copies of a thing that we've made. There are actually metaphors and parallels here, which is really nice to see. It's really well done because, I mean, so I was expecting it the whole time, right? Like, I knew that Buffy was angry about the whole James thing because it related to her situation in a way that maybe you wouldn't think of until it starts happening. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's it's oddly similar, even though what's happening really is so very different. Right. And it's yeah. very different, but yeah, all of the emotions are similar, or at least the dialogue fits with these two different stories in a good way. And it doesn't and feel forced. No, and it doesn't at all. At all. And like, because the other story, you're like, this is something that really could have conceivably happened. Yeah. And like, I, I definitely believe that it's reasonable to happen in the 50s in a high school. And yeah, the fact that they made it relate to this story they had already built for Buffy and Angel is really, is really cool. So we're just treading all over this. So let's <laughs> dive into our third segment, right, which is called The Right Way to Write. Doing it right, everybody will be dancing and we're feeling it right. Everybody will be dancing and be doing it right. Everybody will be dancing and we're feeling all right. Everybody will be dancing tonight, doing it right. Everybody will be dancing and we're feeling it right. Everybody will be dancing and be doing it right. Everybody will be dancing and we're feeling all right. Ah, so they found it. Is that? <laughs> yeah, because this yeah. is Monster of the Week, right? It is Monster of the Week. Yeah. Angel, he's involved. In, like, a significant way that doesn't require him decaying in badass level. No, and that's that's the other nice thing, is that, like, so Buffy has gotten to this place where she's like, Angel, I mean, he killed Miss Calendar. Mm-hmm. He, I'm, I'm done being afraid to kill him. Next time I see him, I'm gonna kill him. Right. And then we have this whole thing happen where they're planning out a lot of things that are parallel to their relationship in a way that is genuine, like coming from like what Angel is saying, but like in yep. a way that could not have happened unless he's possessed by a ghost. Yeah, and they're both possessed, but they'll remember what's going to happen. Yeah. So the show writers have a couple things they need to do, right? They need to keep Angel around and keep the audience engaged with him. Right. And like, we know who he is. They need to resolve some of Buffy's feelings and develop that relationship more and make it less about hatred and more about how she actually feels. Yeah. Uh, set up Willow as a magic user is one that they needed yep. to do before the end of the season. Yep. Setting up Spike as a source of Angel's downfall 
is also tied into this, then just like a tertiary goal that needed to happen at some point in the season really is getting the whole like town conspiracy thing going more with the mayor and Peace and I and like bad things are happening there. They yeah. managed to get all of that into one episode and still have a good episode that hangs together really well. All of that feels like it fits very naturally. Oh, and it has to be Angel who's doing this. Like, yeah. it has to be Buffy and Angel because they need someone who can get shot as Angel yep. gets shot, like, fill, fulfilling this whole thing, but not die so he can still provide for provide forgiveness. Yeah, like, the whole... And it is sort of a reveal. This reveal of Buffy is the one with the gun. Mm-hmm. Like, when you see that, you're like, oh, shit. Right? Oh, shit, they thought this shit through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they, they clearly came at it from a certain set of requirements, but then they made this story that ties everything together so well while still being an episode that people could jump into, even if they weren't super familiar with the show. And they have the Scoobies, like, know the story from, like, basically the get-go. Yeah. Like, they figured it out really fast, but then they still manage to surprise you mm-hmm. with what actually happens. Yeah. This is done so much better than we usually see. <laughs> it's so heartening. I loved it, though. It's just Gosh. Like a really well-crafted thing. Yeah. Oh, I, I wish I could write as well as this <laughs> in any way. The like, layers, even just... Dave. Yeah. The concept of the plot. Yeah. I wish I could do something that was that good, that fulfilled that many goals while still being compelling in its own way. Because then oh, we even dang. get we even get the little moment at the end where, yeah, Buffy shoots Angel and then since he slash Miss Newman is not dead, then yep. they are able to forgive Buffy slash James. Right. So Buffy goes to shoot herself in the yeah. music room like James did, but Angel comes back because you know, he didn't die because vampire. you can't kill a vampire with a bullet. Yeah. And yeah, you get the, like, forgiveness where the, there is closure to that, even though the shooting still happens. Because that part can't change. Yeah, and then that allows the ghost to leave, and Buffy and Angel are doing this making out thing. After the ghost light is gone, Buffy has this moment where she's like, part of her still is hoping that, like, maybe he's Angel again. Right? And then he just, like, yeah. snarls, he runs away, everything is the worst for him, and she is very sad as well. And then it just gives another dimension to, I mean, yeah, so she's putting on this front, she's saying, I'm done with him, you know, he killed his calendar, I'm gonna kill him. But part of her is still hoping that maybe there's, like, some small way that it could all work out and she wouldn't have to do that. God, and how they ended up making that central to a Monster of the Week episode? (laughs) Fuck! (laughs) Guys! (laughs) How? How do you do that? Dave, you're you're always giving me guff for not telling you what happens in an episode. But, like, what could I have told you about this? (laughs) That would... I think part of it is that I want to see if my memory can be jogged, but clearly it can't, right? Like, like point, I, I just kinda, don't remember this. I've kind of given up, in a way. Yeah, as you should have done. I don't remember <laughs> what happens. Right, and I mean, bully for you. Like, yeah, because, like, it, man, it's had. a magical experience. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Oh. Oh. So Buffy's sad, partly because she's the sad one. Like, she's sad that she was the James and that that is the sad role to play, but there's character development there. And she still doesn't really 
understand this idea that James can be forgiven for what he did because no. she doesn't believe that she deserves forgiveness. Right. Yeah. Uh, and Angel <laughs> is super mad that he was made to feel love again. Dave. Yeah. Did not, are you telling me you didn't enjoy his shirtless rain bath? <laughs> Whatever the fuck was going on in this scene. Well, he needs to scrub himself clean of the love that he felt. So, of course, he's shirtless wearing only his leather pants. I'm not complaining. Uh. There's no complaint from me, okay? And I, th- I think him calling Spike Hell on Wheels was one of my favorite ones this episode. Uh. Yeah, just generally implying that Spike is not good enough. And, like, he and Drew are going to go out to kill something that's really innocent to make up for what's happened. And, yeah, yeah, Spike, we would take you. But, uh, you know, you're in a wheelchair. You're far less of a person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But this then sets up a reveal because Drew and Angel go gallivanting off. They do. And what's that, Michaela? Spike can stand up. And at this point, I I really felt like... Clearly, Spike has started to suffer from some badass decay, but mm-hmm. not as much as you might have thought, you know? No. At this point, like, especially in this episode, you can tell he is just, he's at the point where he can barely take it anymore from Angel. Yeah. And Angel's, like, he's pushing and pushing and pushing because he wants Spike to, you know, lash out at him or whatever. <laughs> and so, yeah, him standing up out of the, the wheelchair, you're like, okay, I feel like, this guy could actually fuck some shit up. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's good to see. And yeah, we're setting things up for the season finale because something's going to happen. Spike really doesn't like Angel and has been given ample reason to really detest bringing him back to the bad side. And yeah, he's going to try to uh, to fuck some shit up there. This, this whole thing really did not go well for Spike. <laughs> like if you had asked Spike, hey, you know, Angel being bad, how's that going to go for you before? He probably would have been like, yeah, Angelus is a cool guy. I want to kick it with him. And yeah. then I was like, wow, this was not how I remembered it. No. Wow. Angelus is really a dick. <laughs> God, he should just die forever. Yeah, no, oh. he's, uh, oh, he's just the best. The best and the worst. Oh, what a guy. So yeah. Oh, that's our episode. So, Michaela, did you like this episode? This is a great episode. I was hyped for us to get to it. It really should be episode 20, but, <laughs> I mean, who knows why they do the things they do, Dave. <laughs> Immediately after watching it, I felt like I enjoyed it, but I don't know. Yeah, it's got like an eight and a half on IMDb. There are a couple scores that are really bringing it down, and there are a bunch of like 10 out of 10s. I think I would probably give it an eight, like 8.5, because yeah. it's, it's good. It's not the best episode, because no. I think it has maybe some pacing problems where it gets a bit slow, but mm-hmm. just from like a craft perspective. Thinking about this more and thinking about the writing, things that they've done. All the pieces fit together so well. So incredibly well. Yeah. I cannot imagine how that happens. It's just a, it's a piece of art from that perspective. It really is. From a television perspective, perfectly good TV. Yeah. From that, like, examining it as a piece of writing and accomplishing the goals that they needed to accomplish, 11 out of 10. Flawless. Like, holy God. Like, they checked all the boxes, but it wasn't obvious that they were doing so. No. Like, it wasn't shoving in your face. Oh, and now we have to get this out of the way. It just all kind of fits together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Really good. well done. Yeah. Michaela, what was your favorite fashion outfit from this episode? I called it right off the bat. I knew they couldn't beat those gold pants. <laughs> I knew it. 
when I realized what she was wearing. God. Her Gold pants. <sighs> are those space those... pants? Because your ass is out of this world. Uh... I mean, those are... Those are space pants, yeah. They are space pants if I've ever seen space pants. Oh, amazing. What is coming up next episode, Michaela? Right in the halfway mark of this one, you really gave me the old bah, <laughs> gut punch to keep the energy up around here. Hi. So I'm expecting good things. Okay. So the next episode is called Go Fish, which, I mean, that sounds great, right? Yeah, that, man, that sounds awkwardly close to Reptile Boy. Yeah. It's going to be some sort of fish monster? Uh, what? Like a, like a creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that happening. And maybe some stuff with the swim team, you know. Oh, no. <laughs> Fuck. <sighs> this sounds like one of the better episodes of, I think it's like, Are You Afraid of the Dark or something? <laughs> I'm laughing really hard because I really feel like that's uh, not not far off the mark. <laughs> Like, I think, I think they're going to leverage a lot of the same fears that, that for an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, I think that was one of the better ones. <laughs> for an episode of Buffy that's hitting 20 out of 22 in season two. This is a weird episode, Dave. It is rated lower than some assembly required. Oh, man. <laughs> it's below teacher's pet. <laughs> what? What? Because I'm imagining that episodes 21 and 22 are basically going to be a two-parter. Yes. (laughs) And they've got this in advance of it. Like, going from the end of of the episode we just watched right into becoming part one is very reasonable. Right. It would be very natural. There is no reason. If we had vetoes on this podcast, (laughs) uh, this would be what I saved it for, Dave. If we had vetoes on this podcast and I got one, that would be the biggest crapshoot ever. Right, I guess I would get a veto. No, I would definitely have a veto. Oh, I would no. just deploy it at random. Oh no. Becoming part one, I haven't seen it. Fuck. No, Dave. Don't do it. Yeah, giving you a veto is a huge mistake. Yeah, that would be a terrible, terrible mistake. Yeah. yeah. Well... God, I cannot believe that the next episode's going to be that bad. Oh, no. Worse than bug trubs, Dave. Oh, there's a decent chance that I'll be sending you a YouTube link to a, an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark and being like, look at how much better this could have been. <laughs> oh, we'll see. God. All right. Well, listeners... If you want to get in contact with us about anything we've said over the course of the show, email's the best way to do that. Beyondvenu.hellmouth at gmail.com. Link in the show notes. Uh, you can also find us on the Reddit, buffy.reddit.com. Or reach out to Michaela or I personally on Nexopia, Canada's first social network. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's Canadian, eh? Oh. I'm on there at Igloos and Things. And Michaela? I'm at Michaela. Ah. Uh, uh, I was worried that wasn't going to play verbally. 
Michaela. This is an A in it. Yeah. Like an E-H. Yeah. I mean, people might have difficulty spelling your name in the first place. Sure, yeah. It's worse now, so. <laughs> cool. Well, that sounds good. Oh. That's it from us. Until next week. Farewell from the hell now. Hellmouth. 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 Hellmouth.